The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Somebody's dead. Now imagine somebody came up to you and said, I don't believe in words. But go, you know the you know the thing. You think that he was a fool. I have no idea what I'm doing, but I know I'm doing it really, really well. You wouldn't pull out a dictionary and give him evidence, and you wouldn't believe him. This is a mistake. Why would you call it that on your menu? Somebody comes up to you and says, I don't believe in God. We don't think they're a fool. No! We give them evidence. No! And we believe them. I'm not superstitious, but. I'm, I am a little stitious. When the Bible calls them fools, something has gone wrong. Yo, I had to wait till my dad fell asleep so I could steal his keys. You ready? I was born ready. All right, welcome to Skiologians. Sermon questions, our first episode. So here's the idea for this episode is basically uh, normally at our church, what we do is after we hear the sermon, this is really awesome, we get to do a Q&A. And we basically, you know, whoever wants to stick around afterwards, it's like our Sunday school sort of, and, and you can just ask the pastor any questions about the sermon. So that, that's the, the normal groove. And this Sunday, today, we had an excellent sermon that Pastor Tanner gave, but since there was a uh, meeting, we couldn't do our Q&A. They wanted to get started on that right away. So I was kind of bummed because I had some questions to pose, and um, I asked, talked to Pastor Tanner afterwards, and I was going to send him an email, and then I thought, you know, I'd rather almost like talk through this because I don't know if I, it will take me an hour to write it out, and then it might not, it might not be communicated clearly. And, and then I thought, well, maybe I'll make this into like a podcast <laughs> where it'll be in between just Tanner and I, and I'll just shoot him this voice message, and he can respond to it however he would like to. Uh, and, and maybe I'll take a few people I was thinking about who might find this questions that I have interesting or, or edifying in some way. Um, and so I'm, I'm kind of, I'm not totally sure if, if you're tagged in this, it's because I thought you, you would maybe take the time to listen to this show. Um, but then also it's like, maybe this is a, a good sort of, uh, um, bit for a show is here, we'll do sermon questions. And, uh, cause I, I do spend a lot of time riding my bike, roller skiing, running, all that stuff, listening to sermons. And it's not, it's not just, you know, really big time theologians always. It's, it is a lot of local churches and, um, preachers that I trust. And so I think it might actually be kind of interesting because since I could get a hold of them and tag them and I know them that I could listen to their sermon, post some questions and allow them to respond in some way. And if they want to come on the show and do it that way, they can, if they want to make their own Facebook video, they can, um, if they just want to write a message, you know, in response, we'll post this and they can do that. So that's sort of the press preface of this show. It's a little different, different take and, uh, than some other things. So with that in mind, what I'm, what I'm going to be saying here is first of all, Pastor Tanner, he preaches at First Baptist Church of Leadville in Leadville, Colorado. He also has a show, uh, um, I don't know if I call it a show, really. I guess he has a, it's more of a ministry, full-time online ministry where he makes um, videos on YouTube and he streams live on YouTube and Twitch and some other places uh, where he is directly ministering, answering really great, important topics to the audience on the platform that most people are on now, which is the internet. So 
Um, Pastor Tanner, I think he almost has a thousand subscribers on YouTube. It's it's quite incredible. He's posting a video a day. I've been trying to mow through them uh, when I'm washing the dishes or cleaning around the house or just doing anything like that. I'll I'll, I'll pull up a, a show. There, you know, the shows sometimes are clipped down to twenty minutes or twenty five minutes, so kind of digestible. You could do it that way, or if you stream live, you know, then he might be on there for a couple of hours for some things. But it, the the topics are great. You know, there are a lot of those questions that not just would be the obvious ones posed by the unbeliever, um, whether it's, well, how could, how could God be like this? And yet this happens. Um, things that are, they're, they're often theological doctrinal issues that are really deep. And I think it beneficial again for unbelievers, but also believers too, because we need to know how to answer those questions. So that's kind of what's lured me in is, oh, wow, that's a really basic question. I should absolutely be able to answer that. And I want, I want to see what Pastor Tanner says. And since he's oftentimes teaching to anyone from a, you know, 12 year old playing a video game online, who's, who's streaming Pastor Tanner's ministry to, you know, who else is, could be listening guys like me or, or members of, uh, of churches in the area, you know, it's, it's pretty great. Uh, so the topics are are very interesting. He does a good job. That ministry is growing. Uh, Pastor Tanner is awesome, and he knows a lot more than I do. So if some of these questions come across as if I'm like challenging him, it's not in a way in a way of me saying, "Wow, Tanner, how could you not think of this?" I obviously know more than you, or I disagree blatantly with this. It's absolutely more in a manner of the heart. I want to learn. Iron sharpen iron. What do you mean by this? If this is what you mean, what about this? That that's where we're coming at it. So I don't think Pastor Tanner is the type who would um, take me making this show at all in a in a like an offensive front. So, uh, but but just in case others are listening and thinking that that I'm you know a member of the church who's who's looking up and saying. Wow, look at this guy. This is false preaching or something. It's it's nothing like that at all. Um, these are just simply, again, questions to learn more. And that's the point of, of our questions that take place live. And that's why I think it's kind of cool now. I'm going to try and bring that to some some people who are close to me who might have had similar questions or might even provide um, different types, different viewpoints in an answer. So I'm interested to see what Pastor Tanner will say in an answer and, and or some of my other, my small audience, what other questions they might have. So anyway, on that, let's get into it. The, sh- the, uh, the, the sermon this week was on Mark 14, 43 through 52, and the title was Jesus Take the Wheel, question mark. Jesus Take the Wheel? Um, and essentially, you know, the the main point of the sermon, I guess you could say, and he had this written up on the board, it was God is in control. I'm sorry, because God is in control of all things, we should trust in him rather than taking matters into our own hands. And then the three points um, uh, branching off of that were, you know, he talked a little bit what it means taking matters into your own hands, trusting in God. And then the third point was to self-trust traps. And if I, I guess if I had to like say, here's what happened in the sermon, you know, essentially we started out by, by going right to Ephesians and covering that doctrine of, of God's sovereignty in um, everything, you know, in, in there's not a single, he may, he may have said this, there's not a single atom that is um, a stray, single stray atom, you know, right? It's God is the God of everything in this universe. And so um, a, a, an approach, I guess, that I would say I totally am in absolute agreement with, obviously, um, what Ephesians is saying. And, and in that, it's sovereign choice in election and predestination is is kind of the words that are, are used there. And But also, you know, obviously in Ephesians, I mean, we can read, I think we should just read this, actually. So this is such a great, powerful he read this out loud in the sermon too, starting in verse four through through verse 11. And it's just a paragraph. 
For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. So there's that, you know, and he really highlighted and emphasized this, which I was happy about because I recently was listening to Apologia Church has been going through the doctrines of grace. So if you have kind of questions on that, that's a great resource right now. They kind of went through um, James White, Jeff Durbin, the pastors there have been taking turns giving some sermons on the foundational doctrines of grace. I just finished reading The Doctrines of Grace, the book by James White, and um, thought that was just a really helpful read with all the, the Bible verses laid out really clear. Um, but some of these questions and, and key focal texts have been brought up. So this was one of them. And um, to hear it again is awesome. And when you hear in accordance with his pleasure and will, like um, another debate I just was listening to with Michael Brown, an Arminian, talking to why he was saying, basically brought up this point of what it, on what basis are we predestined? Isn't that kind of like a random flip of the coin? And White gave this awesome response. No, we know. We know how he chooses these things. It's in accordance with his pleasure and will. So that's just verse five. It kind of caught me. And, and, and Tanner didn't. He, he sort of laid into that predestined, you know, he made a point of that. It, what, the sermon wasn't about salvation and his sovereignty and salvation, but he definitely uh, made an emphasis of that. So verse six goes to the praise of his glorious grace. That's why he predestines, right? In accordance with his will and to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. Verse seven, in him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ. And he did stop here and say, this is the act of regeneration. It's we, we do not have the ability to understand the gospel or accept the gospel without a work of the Holy Spirit, without an act of God, an act of grace. And it's a mystery otherwise. And I, I thought that was great to, again, some of these foundational doctrines that are like so critical to salvation that just we don't get into. Um, he, he made an emphasis on it without going off on a rabbit trail. Um, so it was good to be put into effect when the times will reach their fulfillment to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. And then he really stopped here before he read verse 11 or after, I guess he read verse 11 and said, do you believe this? And here's verse 11. In him, we were also chosen having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. That's a pretty foundational verse, right? He's so basically he said, not a single atom molecule is going out without Christ claiming it as his, and he is working out everything. How? So it conforms to the purpose of his will. So Christ is working out everything. Okay. So that was kind of how he laid the foundation. Then we talked about how in Mark, what, it, what happens in this passage is Christ is being arrested and a disciple, Peter, takes a knife out and chops off the ear of a soldier, Roman soldier, right? He's kind of acting out of this and that's not, Jesus was like, that was not what he wanted to do, right? He's, he, he picks the ear up and puts it back on the guy's head. Uh, and there's four accounts of this which we didn't spend a lot of time in the sermon going through how the differences of each of these, but I'm going to do that because the details there really back up the question I'm going to pose. Okay, but I'm just kind of walking you through what we talked about in the sermon. And essentially, uh, Tanner's main point here was kind of, look at Peter not having faith in Christ, uh, not having that, the, the sufficiency of that faith. And so he's sort of going off on his own, taking matters into his own hands, Okay. And that was, um, I think that was kind of the big, a, a big point there of what, what the lesson we were trying to learn. And, um, what we need to know is, uh, 
we should we should trust God if we really trust God as being in control of everything like it says in Ephesians then we are able to live with more faith and trust his plan and then at the end of the sermon we did kind of we talked a little bit about and this is another thing that I have kind of question about a little bit and I'll, but I'll bring it up in my question is you know finding that balance of when do we when do we and how do we know when to trust God and when to he used the word defend yourself or um and kind of, kind of, uh, this is hard because there's again, contradiction in my, in my statement, which I'm going to get to, but like basically take action. Okay. So Peter is a man of action. He take, took action in this event. Christ, it was, it was like, no man, you took matters in your own hands. That's not, that was against my will. It's not what I wanted. And so how, how do we as a Christian, where do we find this balance? What do we do? When do we know when to just sit? And, and also, it, Pastor Tanner did bring up this contradiction kind of where there's two sides of the, the ditch where, he, you know, there's the, the one side where it go, oh, okay, I guess God's in control of everything. Well, I'm not going to do anything. Um, and then there's the other side where we're trying to kind of work super hard to earn um, our sanctification um, and sort of being hypersensitive on either side. So that was kind of touched on Okay, let's get to what my question is. Now you have a general idea. Pastor Tanner, I'm sorry if I did not summarize that incredibly well. Okay, so here's, here's the question that I wanted to ask. It has to do with the main point, which is because God is in control of all things, we should trust in him rather than taking matters into our own hands. So I think that there might need to be some clarification philosophically about this because if we are saying that God is in control of all things, aren't we also begging the question, how is it possible if he's decreeing everything, how is it possible for us to even take matters into our own hands? So I think that is confusing. If you're thinking really technically about this, uh, you would, you would come to that question. I I think a lot of people in in a typical audience in most churches, they, they sort of are like, oh yeah, God is in control of everything. And sometimes I just kind of go my own way. And that's kind of a contradictory statement. It, it, now it bothers me a little more as I understand more about theology, who God actually is, who, what his sovereignty actually means, the, the, the consequences that has for my everyday life and my faith in him. And so I'm, I'm kind of like, well, we, we should maybe like be careful when we're using that language because there are people who do think, I think, deeply and philosophically about that, philosophically and theologically. Like, uh, how is that even possible? So that was kind of the, 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 the centerfold of the question, okay? And I, that came to my head a lot because I do have, I think my older brother would definitely, he, he thinks about these things and we've been having a lot of conversations about God's sovereignty, uh, particularly in salvation, but absolutely m- also with just free will in general and what that means and choices and where God is kind of decree, God's decrees, basically what that means. So I was kind of like, how would I, wow, this, this is one of those sermons where he might say, here's, here's like Calvinism sort of using language it doesn't have the right to use. And I wanted to think like, what would be my response to that? And I think um, within the sermon, I got some answers pointed to from these verses I'm going to bring up, but I also want to get Pastor Tanner's take on that. So Pastor Tanner, what, what would your response be to that question? If we're, if we're saying God is in control of any of everything, how can we also say that, that we ever even take matters into our own hands? What does that actually mean? Okay. And so here's kind of my answer. And then, and then this, what the other thing I'd like some clarification from everyone who, who is listening to this is what you think of this. Okay. It has to do with Ephesians 1.11 and Philippians 2.12-13. I think there is a very important marriage of these verses. So in Ephesians, Ephesians 1.11, Paul says that God is working out everything 
in conformity with the purpose of his will. Okay, so God is is decreeing everything to work out to conform to the purpose of his will. In Philippians 2.12, he says that we are working, he, he, he begs the Philippians to continue working out their salvation, but doing so knowing that it is actually God who is working in us to act and will according to his good purpose. Okay, so he's talking about sanctification there. Let me actually read what Philippians 2.12 says. He says, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and act according to his good purpose. So I think like if you take that with Ephesians or with Philippians or just generally with that reformed view of, look, your, your, your actual nature is, is a sinful one. So, but those who have been regenerated, we're not like perfect yet. So we are making efforts to work out our salvation, to know God more, to become more Christ-like so that we can have a mind like Christ and do the will of God and obey God and obey the scriptures, right? And what Paul's kind of saying is, yep, keep working out on that, but but do so with fear and trembling, knowing that really even that work is a work of God. He's the one who it says, it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. So sanctification is God's effort to make Christians act according to his good purpose. And so what does this have to do with the events um, that, we, that, we experience, that we read about in Mark 14, where Christ is being arrested? Well, here's what I'm, I, I think is happening. If you look at the four accounts in Matthew, um, what is described, I think, no, is it Luke? One, one of those two, let's see. I wrote this down. Well, it's not, you can read all four. You should read all four because they all have a few different interesting details. One of them talks about how the disciples were there and they said, Christ, you know, God, Jesus, do we need, should we take out our swords? And Jesus, his answer is no. And the reason is, is because the scriptures need to be fulfilled. He says, how would, how would we fulfill the scriptures? That's not the way, that's not the plan. Um, you know, they need to be fulfilled these, this way. The prophecies need to be fulfilled. Um, and, and, uh, let's see, did I write down the exact word? He, he, basically, you know, he says, how then would the scriptures be fulfilled that say it must happen this way? And yeah, that's the Matthew account. And so Christ kind of has this unfair advantage because he is God. So he knows God's will. He's going to do everything and conform perfectly to his will, right? He also knows the scriptures perfectly. So of course he wants to walk, he's going to walk perfectly in step with God's decrees. And what I think we see in Philippians here is that's the goal. That's what God is, is working in us in sanctification is to make us also be like that, to make us walk in step with the will of God, the decrees of God, and to obey the scriptures totally. And so that was the, the big revelation for me is there's not this, even as a Christian, us going, yeah, sometimes I, I'm going to trust God and have faith because, you know, he's kind of, he's in control. But other times I might need to take action. I might need to defend. Though, that, that, that's not a reality that exists. There, God's sovereign decree is, is complete and total and there is nothing stopping it. The Christian, it's, it's our actions are to match that, to walk in step with them. And that's the joy of, of being sanctified and walking so that we're, when, we're, when we are obeying Christ. And, and what, how do we obey God's will? Well, that's found in the scriptures. So like his response, Jesus' response is so cool because it, it illuminates to us how high of a standard he held the scriptures, right? It's almost comical. Like, 
obviously even Peter could have chopped that guy's ear off and Christ could have still, he could have thought, all right, I know I need to die for the sins of the world tonight. So, okay, Peter just did this. Maybe I'll just take this different route. No, he's like, all right, I got to put this ear back on so that, you know, because the scriptures need to be fulfilled. They, they, that's the very words of God. So we're going to do it that way. Right. Like he could have improvised, you know, if he really needed to, if he, if he's, well, I mean, he has the ability to, he, in the sense he doesn't because he's God and he needs to obey the scriptures, the words of God. But like, it just shows that, that how binding and how authoritative the scriptures are that even in that moment, he's like, yeah, we got, we need to do it this way because that's what the scriptures said. And that's the words of the father that expresses the will, the conforming of every decree to the purpose of his will is expressed in the scriptures. So Okay, so that's Philippians and Ephesians, right? They, that's where they go together. There's this, God is working everything out to the purpose of his will. And for Christians, he wants us to, um, to conform to his will too, so that we um, um, act and will according to that good purpose. He wants it to be matched. Um, and I guess, honestly, the one thing is, is I almost felt like in the, in the sermon, if I had to like, and a critique it or something. I said, I wish we would have sat on that truth there. And maybe it's more just for the technical thinker, the, the one who's kind of a challenge, posing a challenge to Calvinism or that, that battle, Arminianism versus Calvinism. And you're, you're maybe on that line. This is where I would have sat for that audience for sure, because there would have been that apparent contradiction. How can you use this language that how is it that people actually do take matters into their own hands? You can't say that because you believe God is treating us like robots, you know, so that's impossible. And here is a biblical answer to be consistent that answers that question and also gives great comfort to the believer, which I think that was probably more Pastor Terrence's point is like, look, we need to like actually believe the truth that God is in total control. Because if we do actually believe that, we will be more faithful. And I think that is true. Okay. But I will, given my, let's just run with my logic for a second. Given my logic, I, I kind of posed this to my wife afterwards too. I said, you know, Pastor Tanner brought up like, um, if you were lacking faith right in that moment, you might be kind of like Peter and, and, and take action right away, right? And take the sword out, so to speak, chop off someone's ear. And I was like, well, who's to say that actually Peter didn't have incredible faith? You know, he might have been, he didn't have the scriptures, right? He doesn't have that knowledge. He's not God. So he doesn't know the, the true will of God in that moment. So he might be thinking, I got Jesus on my side. I'm going to, I'm going to chop this guy's ears off because I know we're going to win. Right. And he might've thought that acting out of actually incredible faith. And Christy also then was like, well, remember what the other gospel account said, though, where the, the disciples asked, hey, should we, should we take out our swords? Jesus says no, and Peter does so anyway. So I will say, if he's acting out in great faith, he's also acting out in great disobedience. So it's one or the other, or it's, or it's that he is acting in disobedience and a lack of faith, I think, which was probably more Pastor Tanner's point. Okay, but, but I just thought this was a beautiful truth, and I want to ask the people who know more, Pastor Tanner, Pastor Colin, Pastor Bull, you guys who have, have kind of seen this, am I, am I accurate in that view of sanctification, and am I accurate in trying to marry those two thoughts that here we have um, the creaturely will that we all experience and have, but we also have the decrees of God, and as a Christian trying to walk in in righteousness and and wisdom and do the right thing, what does that mean? Given that I believe that everything is happening by the decree of God, according to his will, for his glory, for his purpose. I I just thought Ephesians 1, Philippians 2, 12, really 
answered that question kind of for me that yes, Paul even's kind of saying, work hard, work out your salvation. There is a creaturely act there, but no, <laughs> do so tremble in fear, almost like knowing that God is the one that's actually doing the work of sanctification. He's calling us to like a responsibility to act, even though God is the one that's sovereign over the transformation required. Maybe that's why it says fear and trembling. You know, it's a realization that God's calling you to act, but he's still in total control. You know, like I, I think that there's something really glorious about that. Again, very humbling about it. Like, I think when we learn more about God's sovereignty and power, at least for me, it makes me, it makes me want to bow the knee. It does not make me want to um, kind of go, whoa, that's the God I worship, which I think is good that I, I <laughs> it's comforting. I've, I've heard some people say like, one preacher teacher said, like, if you're unsure you're about these, these doctrines of God, like bring up the most challenging ones. And if you, as you study over them, if you're coming to more of an awe, a place of awe that God is so awesome, um, that's probably a good thing, you know, <laughs> versus a, like the, if you're hating God more and more as you're learning about him in truth, that's not good, but it, it doesn't matter that you learn in truth. So anyway, that was kind of like, I guess the question I had, um, sort of a long one, sort of a philosophical one, but that's, that's, I guess, about sanctification, kind of answering it, wanted to see what your thoughts were. And so I just, in case that was a little bit of a blur, just in summary, um, I think I will say that it, it sort of appeared almost that, and listening to that sermon, we were kind of like, okay, as Christians, we need to sort of find that balance. When do we lean into God? When do we take action to defend ourselves? And, and I didn't really like that in terms of consistency, because again, it, to me, it seems more like that's not really what it's about. Instead, it's more about us sanctifying ourselves, becoming more like Christ so that we can continue to work things out like Christ according to God's will. Um, and so maybe the concern, if you're sitting, you know, if you're sitting there hearing this sermon, you're going, yeah, but when do I know when to really rely on God? And when do I know when to like pick up the sword and defend my family and do those things? You know, and it's kind of seemed to me like Pastor Tanner was saying a little bit like that does take wisdom. It does take discernment instead of kind of going like, well, what the Bible is saying in Ephesians 1 and 2, 12, and even in Jesus's, you know, moment of arrest was Christ's reliance, his ultimate compass was the Bible and it was God's will. That's how he knew what to do. So, and, and his answer is so clear, right? Like when, when the disciples say, should we take out our swords? He goes, guys, like I could call down legions of angels. I don't need help here, right? Like that's not what's going on. I, I'm doing this because I need to fulfill the prophecies. I need the scriptures to stand true. The scriptures were his ultimate compass and the will of God and they're, they're, you know, it's the same thing. And so I think as a Christian, why, why wouldn't that be also our answer? If in Philippians, Paul is calling us to be sanctified, which is to say that we should be um, working out our salvation know, with trembling and fear. So we know, knowing that God is working in us to act in will according to his good purpose. God wants the believers to walk in, in sync with his will and his good purpose. And Jesus is an unfair example kind of in that light because he is God. And so he is walking perfectly in step. And so we sort of see this incredible example of human failure to do so with Peter taking uh, a wrong turn and, and Jesus having to kind of so blatantly go, 
yep, that's, that's not walking in step with, with my will and my decree. So now I'm going to pick up this ear and put it here. And, and in reality, what is like, that was also a decree of God. So that is also almost to like set a, the reason that had to happen was for that purpose as well, to glorify Christ, to make that evident. So that's not contradictory either. It's not like God didn't know in that moment that Peter was going to do that. He absolutely knew it. And he, he absolutely, um, it happened in accordance with his sovereign decree over it. So, uh, and Peter acted uh, in accordance with his creaturely will. Uh, that's kind of that marriage. That's a topic I think to get into more, but, but, and, so again, I'm not here like trying to pick apart Tanner. I think like that's like a, you know, not just another sermon. That's like a whole apologetics 10-week study. Let's talk about creaturely will versus uh, cre- creator, the, the will, the creator. What's the difference there? And how, what does that have to do with this exact moment in history? It, it, but I think I've just been spending a lot of time reading about it. So that's where that language appeared to be conf- uh, not confusing, but contradictory almost. So I, I think like in general, but I'd be interested, you know, I think, Tanner has like very similar doctrine and theology in terms of the will of man um, and the sovereign will of God. And so I'm kind of interested to see, (laughs) hear his response and like, yeah, we didn't go that, I didn't go down that road because this was really the more the main point. But now that you've gone down that road, here is what I would say. So hopefully that wasn't just totally a random rabbit trail, but kind of provided some answers and some interesting questions. Can't wait to hear what people have to say. Thank you for joining this episode of Skeologian Sermon Questions. We will do another episode when we when we listen to a sermon that poses some good questions. I mean, simple as that.